All right, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. I didn't know that little lizard was over 75 years old. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of those trained specialists. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company's called Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, and in 54321... We're out of time. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by right, writer, everybody. comedian, and automotive enthusiast, uh, Spike Ferriston. Here. Now, here's Spike. Today, We've got uh, James Marsden here, who, uh, surging, surging actor, star of HBO's Dead to Me, and of course, Westworld. You watch Westworld, right? Yes, the very robots. handsome gentleman. Oh, you know, yeah, not like us. Well, ask him about being handsome. Also, what um, is he? He doesn't like being handsome. No, just to find out what it's like. Yeah, what's Not, it like to be handsome? <laughs> what's it like to be handsome? Um, and also, after that, in this new extra giant-sized SCR episode, we've got the uh, the two hosts of Twenty Two Hours: An American Nightmare, which is about a murder that took place in Washington D.C. The Mansion Murders, the D.C. Mansion Murders. This is a horrible story, and these are two reporters who have uh, twenty episodes of a podcast that take it apart. Do you know anything about this murder? No. No. Uh, it's it's awful. It's, my eyes light up. Did you yeah, notice? I don't know why you're happy and <laughs> smiling over this. But uh, the details of it are just awful. They're, they're going to come on and talk just for a little bit about it. But essentially, it's his family held hostage by this maniac for 24 hours, and he eventually kills all of them. Oh, like Orders. panic room or something. Yeah, except everybody dies. And it, he orders a pizza in the middle of it. He orders a pizza How in cool. the middle of it. You're going to get hungry over 24 hours. And he kills a kid. It's awful. But cars are tangentially mentioned, so... <laughs> what, what, a getaway car? <laughs> I don't know how this made it onto our show. Did he, but okay. it's a Did podcast he get away one. with it? What? Did he get away with it? No. Oh. It's a horrible story. So you got that to look forward to. No, if anyone gets caught, it's horrible. <laughs> but true crime is big right now. It's, all, it's the only thing that works on television. You know this. You're, you're, and see, uh, my kids, that's all they watch, NCIS. Well, how about I, what I said to you? I was hey, it's that great new prison show where they talk through the toilets on Netflix. So you go, I know, I've already watched every episode. Right, and then you, there's Ted Bondi, and then there's Why do the, we love all of this stuff so much? Because it is, the win, it, it is a view into the other it's, we're fascinated by the other, the people that can do things that we can't do. Uh, and th- that goes for sports. We we can't do sports, I, but we can't kill people either. Don't you think either. it's a fascination with, I want to survive? I just want to, I, I need to hear the details of this so I can rest knowing I would have figured my way out of it. Or what to no, be on the lookout it's voyeuristic. for. It's pure voyeurism. Not we, for me. I just, I'm always trying to get survival skills from all of this stuff. Just, okay. You want to know how to survive? Learn how to jump out of car at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> that's how you survive. Well, that's the one girl who survived watch? Ted Bundy. Now, I, I want to try to understand the criminal mind. What the fuck are these people <laughs> thinking of when they're doing this? How the fuck did Ted Bundy <clears throat> cut somebody's head off and then go to sleep? Uh, well, then I've read books about serial killers, behavioral science, and the yes. psychology. There's some great, you know, the FBI behavioral science unit. Read, the, read that. I know. Watch the Iceman. They're great, great insights into, uh, uh, you know, and sociopaths. It's awful. Yes. No, but it's a lot of it has to do with masturbatory fantasies. In this, you know, it's it's. There you go. You always bring it back to chucking off. Organized versus disorganized serial killers, and how they track these guys. And there's really a, a methodology. You can find these they guys. They said that quickly. one serial killer 
would get so turned on. I hate to go down your path on this, but he would wear a condom. It's not my path. This is was, the way it works. This, this is what you they're just, about. You like to masturbate it. You like to chuck <laughs> off when driving. But this guy who was a serial again. killer, yes. he would wear a condom so that he would not leave behind any of his biological matter because he'd ejaculate during the I've, act. Yes, that's what I'm you trying about to explain to, say, to you. It yes, has nothing to do with me and my penchants for chucking off. This is how they're wired, except they're also the disorganized guys who aren't wired that way. The disorganized guys who can't even get it together, they, they kill within their block. They just right. have to go, and they don't even they know don't how to think get, about they it. Don't, no, they don't have the psycho, they don't have the mental abilities to cover up, right? And, the, you know, I, again, this is a dark episode of Spike's Car Radio, but, you know, Who they, do you they, think- here, here, wait, before you go, these little details like if, if there was rope used in the murder, right. they know this guy's done it before. Right, because he comes pre- with a kit. He's prepared. He's that he's, little Porsche kit, yeah. like that comes. In yes, the, yeah, the murder kit. The murder. So, kit, who right. do you think was, was? Who would you have? Who would you want to go up against? The Zodiac Killer, BTK, the Green River Killer, or uh, Ted Bundy? Who do you think would have? Who or, or William Gacy? Wow. Or John Wayne Gacy, I should say, not William. John, John Wayne, Wayne Gacy. Gacy. He had the clown paintings, so that yeah. counts for a lot with me. Yeah. Who I do mean, you think? Who do you think would have been now? A, what are, what are the adversary? terms here? Like who could you have survived? So descri- Jeffrey Dahmer. No, descri- okay. no, no, no. Describe the room. What am I armed? Do I? What no. am I incapacitated? What no, do you see? it's you're just another schmo on the street, just well, another fucking victim. Well, then how and, am I going to get in a car with any of these guys? Well, that's the like who would I fight? Who would I like to fight? Yeah, I think would, I could beat most of these guys. Bundy, I'd worry about a little bit. He looks like more, he's more capable. But John Wayne Gacy would be easy. I think he'd be an easy guy to destroy. What about Dahmer? Was pretty big, but they took care of him in prison. Dahmer's pretty terrifying too because he's a big guy. But again, I think I could outwit him. <laughs> <laughs> All 145 pounds of you. you. These are guys who come up with stories and try to get you in their vans, right? Do you ever do that? Do you ever fall prey to people who get in their vans? <laughs> do you right? know, I, the, the most normal-looking one was that BTK guy. He was like a pastor and an insurance salesman. He had a whole normal life going. You know yeah, what I'm talking right. about? Bind, torture, kill out in the Midwest. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. Why are we talking right about this shit, Ferris? But, he, but his head shaved. He just looks like a serial killer. He's got that big, angry mustache. I don't know. I don't even buy ice cream from people like this. You know, wouldn't you guess that we've probably met serial killers at some point, Zuckerman, that we've looked at them and gone, that, nah, let me avoid that guy? You think? I think. I think that you and I have good radar, that we steer clear of people. Of killers. Or just people in general that are not or that are not right in the head. I told you the time at, at Bristol Farms, I think I encountered a serial killer. Full of serial killers. The which one? The one in Hollywood? This was, it, it was the Sunset? one on, uh, no, it was the one on Beverly and Doheny. And I see, I see this oh, Ford Explorer. It's all blacked out, but it's got Hello Kitty stickers all over it. All this Hello Kitty shit on it. I can't see who's in it, but just as I'm walking by, the door flings open, and this short, wide, very agitated man gets out. Looks like a a wrestler, like five-foot-five wrestler that could tie you up in knots. He's sweaty, and he's ready. And I look at him, and I say to him, and he looks at me, and I say, 
wow, something tells me that's not your car. He says, why would you say that? And I said, well, all those Hello Kitty stickers. And he ran up to me quick and he grabbed me and he said, let me tell you something, my long-nosed friend from New York. <laughs> I think that was a way of calling me a Jew. But he said, let me tell you something, my long-nosed friend. If you, want f- if you want fish, you have worms. And if you want little girls, you got Hello Kitty. And it was so, and I looked at him. And I, and I said, I got to get the fuck away from this guy. And I said, that's really interesting. I said, I really want to hear more about this. I'm going to use the restroom. I'll catch up to you in the market. Because I, I knew that if I said one wrong thing, this fucking guy was amped up on something. He looked incredibly strong. Yes. And he would have tied me up on, in knots and killed me in the parking lot. And I, and I went into the market, and then I got the manager, and I said, you better call the police. <laughs> this is a serial killer and a fucking child did he call rapist. the police yes and did they I show up his, I don't know I got out of there I said well you want this guy's license plate he's got Hello Kitty all over his car <laughs> and he said if he told me that it's, it, he uses that to lure little girls and he called me a long nose along my long nose what friend if from New York he's using it to lure Jewish lawyers he got to you it caught your attention you walked he up to him. He would have done better if he had dollar signs pasted all <laughs> over the car. That would have been more effective. That's very anti-Semitic, Zuckerman. <laughs> to who? Uh, to Will. Look at Will <laughs> scratching his forehead going, you can't say that. This isn't the Laura Ingram show. Jew- you didn't say capture Jews. You said capture personal injury lawyers. Yeah. And I said dollar signs. <laughs> That probably worked Again, on my people, too. But. We've got James Marsden here today. Star of Westworld, Porsche fan, and watch collector, watch buyer. Should we just, is he here? Gentleman. Can we bring him in? Let's just bring him in. And handsome guy. We're going to find out what it's like to be handsome, Zuckerman. Yes. This is very exciting. And uh, try, if uh, if you can, stay away from serial killers. Just don't, don't, go, don't go near anybody, I find. gives you the EBGBs. <clears throat> yeah, and Zuckerman, get on your mic. People have been complaining about Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, like you're that. right. James Marsden's here. There he is. Come on in. Sit sit down right here. You don't need any uh, headphones. Great. We try Just not scream to in the microphone. James, I'm Paul Zuckerman. Hey, we Paul met Zuckerman. briefly met at, at Luftgekult. Luftgekult. Yes, that's right. Everybody is, it keeps saying, <laughs> can you guys review Luft? And it's, what, what's to review? It was awesome. It always is. <laughs> I've only been... Here, oh. get in that mic. There you don't need your headphones. Don't need those. Feel um, free to burp in the microphone. Are we rolling? We're going. Yeah. We're, We're just, just going. Off to the races. Yes. Um, yeah, that was fun. That was my second year I've been. I didn't know that existed until a year or two ago. Yeah. How long has that been going on? Not long, right? Five Four? or six. This was, was this six? six? That was six. Oh, okay. So the first one was at Dais. I didn't go there. You were there, right? We were all together that day. And uh, we didn't know what it was. It was just an invite to bring our Porsches down to this place. And we're like, God. I, and I had just driven by there uh, because the car matchmaker set was one block away. And I said, it's already crowded. We're never going to be able to park. And we went out to Malibu. But we had no idea what it was. And then it was that second year they went to Culver, right? Bandito Brothers. Bandito and that was Brothers. fantastic. That was a small, intimate event. I like that very Third much. Third year. Where was that? That was we at all that drove. furniture place out in East L.A. Right. Yeah. Four. What? Where was four? Luke four, four was it? We didn't go to four. That but was at Long was Beach. We skipped one? Yeah, we skipped Long Beach because we said, we don't <clears> want to go to the port of Long Beach. That sounded dumb. But it was oh, apparently right. very good. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Luke I'm not five was, was at the, the, g- the lumber yard. Yeah, and that yeah. was Ganal Lumber. And that, Ganal, was, that was super fun. Yeah. That's when we took the Alpha. Now Luke six was at I NBC Universal. I think this Universal. was brilliant. 
Wow. And it was great. A lot of credit to those guys. The the logistics of making that thing happen, they rented a studio, a working studio. They make shit there, all the TV and and movies Mm -hmm. you like, and they got that back lot, and then they arranged everything, and they do it all within what, 24 hours in and out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They charge too little. Maybe. If I was running that, if I did that job, those tickets would have been triple what what they what they were charging that was a bargain event and you could wander it was nice you could wander it, you and i you, you didn't you feel like you were kind at work <laughs> like when yeah. you're walking around like the second you walk through the gates you're like ah oh no hey chat day. chat hey i know you we, we but, don't know each other but for folks who aren't on studio lots it was great and there was a, a nice wandering component to it where it wasn't too jammed you weren't too jammed up with people oh, and we cool. bumped into each was... other we saw you there yeah. did yeah. you did you what drive a car there I uh, did I drive? Yeah, I think I. Think you didn't I show Ubered a car there. Actually, you for Ubered some smart. reason, right? Because that's smart. Shop. Oh no, no, that's exactly because right. you're Someone smart. Said just Uber there. It's using me no part. Right. Well, thanks so for coming in, man. Yeah. yeah where, where did we meet? We met at a, a Hodinky dinner, I think, with yeah. Ben Clymer, and yeah, I was, was very it, yeah. su- very surprised and happily delighted to see you there. Yeah. Like, I, I had no idea. Here's another uh, famous person who's into the same <laughs> stuff we're into. <laughs> yet and another. Yet another. How do you know Ben? I met Ben. Uh, I actually met John Mayer introduced us. Oh, right, actually. right. And I met John at an airport um, lounge. And I, because I, I knew <laughs> where you meet John, right? And uh, I knew that he was a watch aficionado, and I was starting to get into them. So all I had to do to, you know, to get him to open up and chat was say, "Hey, how do I? What would be like a? How do where do I find a good sixteen eighty? Like, right? Boom, boom, boom! Don't go to this guy. Go to yeah. this guy. Go to this. Um, and he's so a he huge. Said, he's really an, an amazing source for yeah, watch knowledge. Scholar. I'm really impressed I mean, with what only, he is. Only shy of Ben. I mean, yeah, he said, yeah. I have to introduce you to Ben Clymer. Yes, Hodinky, and then I became, and it was like down the rabbit hole. Yeah, once I yeah. what that was. And 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 what did you get? Did he talk you into buying something? I got something? a uh, 1973 like birth year 1680 from Eric. There you Kuh. go. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah. Red uh, or it was a red, yeah. Wow, yeah. and you still uh, have that. And yeah. for those that don't uh, know, what is a sixteen eighty? You guys are playing uh, inside right. baseball. Good here. question, Zuckerman. Right. You're right. Good inside Rolex, baseball. Rolex Submariner, red. So one of the lines Beautiful. on the Submariner is the red Submariner. Right, and it was only from like seventy to seventy four yeah, or something yeah. like that. I'm going to get that wrong. We both will, but but suffice yeah. it to say, they are desirable. Grayly yeah. watches. Grayly, yeah. and, <laughs> and just in the last year, they've. They've, They've jammed just, up, right? Yeah. When they went up to nine, I went, okay, now they're getting too expensive. Now yeah. they're 20 and 25 yeah, and 25. above. Yeah, That's yeah. Nuts. Wow. I think that all happened when the the Newman's Daytonas yes. sold at Christie. Was it Christie's or Phillips? I don't know. <clears throat> it is. Phillips. <clears throat> yeah. In 15 fact, you know, million. the watch market seems to be moving a lot faster than the car market right now. Yeah. And so yeah. would you say the watch market can go down? You always said the car market would go down, and you were uh, right. Yeah, all right. Yes, Zuckerman. I believe the Rolex watch market, it can be like Beanie Babies. <laughs> I believe they could compl- completely collapse. There are lots of these watches. Whenever there are lots of anything, anything can happen, right? Yeah. But right now, it's, hey, I'm got, I've got the car, I've got the girl, I've got the vacation, i got to get the watch too. 
and then I should buy 20 more watches, right? Because <laughs> that's, you know, you don't need a big garage for the watches. You have a little case, and you can put 26 in there, right? Mm. You see? 26. Mm-hmm. That's a specific number. Is that a specific case? <clears throat> I think I counted the how many were in my case once, and I think it was 26. That wouldn't add up. But anyways. to let everyone know how many watches he's got. I, any minute it could, but right now the vintage market is on fire. On fire. I don't think that'll, I, I mean, I don't know anything about what where that's <clears> going to go, but it feels like, has the watch market ever seen anything like that, Serge? No. Right. So Again, I'm not a watch gonna... expert, but I don't yeah. think it has. But as we know, everything that goes up. Mm. Tulips in Holland, <laughs> 1600s. Those went up and those went down, too. <laughs> but you can do well. You've already, I'm sure, done well in your watch. It's funny you say that because you are, you're, you know, you're a very humble guy. You're a very down-to-earth guy. And you did the same thing with me uh, with Porsches. You said, I'm thinking about buying a car. And I think that's how we connected, right? Yeah. But was it uh, uh, Porsche was allocating a GT3 Touring to you? That's right. right? Yeah. Uh, tell everybody how that happens. <laughs> that doesn't happen in normal. <laughs> doesn't life. happen to us. <laughs> well, I, uh, <clears throat> I since I was a kid, Porsche was the car that I when I when I got you know the means to do it. I would I would that's my tar that was my target that was my dream car. And j- it wasn't until just recently that I started um, paying attention to kind of what the great things that Porsche were doing. Obviously, the vintage cars are s- special and all that, but. Um, uh, the the my eyes started to go towards the GT3s, which was a you know obviously we know what they are, but um, uh, and then if, once I started listening to more people who knew way more about it than I did, like oh they're they're doing this the the, the touring, which is basically the 911R that there was going to be the last manual transmission, and then, and then everyone bought them and started flipping them, and Porsche got pissed off. Is this right? Yeah, and then yeah, they were yeah, like yeah, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to bring it back. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I, uh, I I I met a few people through um, through from Porsche. I forget how, but uh, they... I thought they had hired you to do something, right? They invited me to announce the 992. Oh, wow. At the LA Auto Show. Really? Wow. And, uh, and what with was Mark that announcement Weber. like? Ladies and gentlemen, the 992! <laughs> <laughs> did they, did they was, give you a script? Did they... It was... Uh, it, yeah, they basically gave me questions that they would ask me, that Mark Weber would ask me uh, about Porsche, about my sort of uh, enthusiasm um, for the car and why they fit so well in Southern California because they were all here from right. Stuttgart coming, you know, to announce the 992 at L.A., which was, I guess, sort of strange. Yeah. Or out well, of the ordinary, no, no. I guess. California is their biggest market, right? They're the yeah. most important market. Oh, see, I didn't know and that. China. didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Those two right well, there. Well, makes sense. But it is, yeah. This um, is their most important market in the United yeah, States. Yeah, and um, I was basically, I was supposed to drive the 992 onto the stage. Right. But, in front of an audience of people. Wow. But, and then I rehearsed that. It was like a rehearsal the night before. Was that hard? Uh, did you get nervous? Like that I did you get might... nervous. Like, they were like telling a woman me tripping at the Oscars. Oh, she yeah. would drive I mean, off You the are stage. the only person I mean, who's <laughs> driven this car. Yeah. Yeah. You want to make some noise, drive it right into the crowd, just right off the stage <laughs> and tip it over. Well, it's funny you say that because that's what I – the reason why I didn't end up doing it is because I was afraid of that. Right, and right. Why. Cool. I think I <laughs> called you, right? I – the the night before we did a rehearsal, <clears throat> I drove the car on the stage. I was like, "Wait, where's the shifter? Where's the <laughs> on this nine nine two? Oh, that thing! Yeah, the um, little big shaver they yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, the brawn, <laughs> the tiny brawn. I don't like that. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and drove it on stage. Got out of the car. Mark asked me the questions. I answered the questions. It was all great. 
my enthusiasm was kind of uh, at fever pitch. And mm-hmm. so they were like, actually, could you just, if you don't mind, keep the, the, um, the, the answers a bit shorter. Oh, right. <laughs> um, went home. It was great. Next day, I go to shower. I get out of the shower, and I shake my, my hair dry with a towel, and the room turns sideways. Like, I, I fall on the floor. Crawl to my bed. Oh, inner ear yeah. problems. Never experienced that. Man, before. Didn't disease. know that was a real thing. Vertigo, yeah. labyrinthitis. Yeah, never heard of it before in my wow. life. I thought vertigo was fear of heights. Like, what? What? What is that? No, it was a so inner ear infection. So wait, you're, the whole room turns. Turn, like yeah, like this. you were like you were drunk. Right, but, and but did without you fall? the alcohol. Yeah, I had to crawl to my bed. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> this is funny. My girlfriend and I were going to. Um, uh, she's gonna hate me for saying this, but we were going to couples therapy, right? <laughs> and she said, "Yes, we love." This. Really? <laughs> she thought you, you were have big. vertigo. <laughs> and I was like, "I swear to God!" And it's it's literally a case, honey, of you're turning my world upside down, <laughs> yes. and I need you to Let's stop put it. Put a little ribbon I... on it, <laughs> and I no, crawl back admirable. to the bathroom and. Proceeded to vomit. Like I was oh, like, God. I gotta see a, the doctor. So she so this is me. when you called me. This is when I called you. <laughs> you called. Me I know right you away. don't know me very well, but I need help. Uh, and he wanted to. He was. He, he, he's so sweet. He was trying to help them still, you know, cast and put someone in there to drive the nine nine two. Which Porsche did not jump all over Spike Furston, by the way. Really jumping out. Yes, they did not. No, he said, "Well, I'm gonna. I'll make sure to call him and let him know you're gonna do it." And they were like, "Yeah, all right." Well, I think we had just blown the roof off the nine eleven R or something, right. and they weren't happy with us, but. That's an I unbelievable story. So wait, well, yeah. so how does it? So you're there. You, you, what do you do for that? Well, so you, I immediately called uh, my my friend that works at Porsche there, who hired me for the job. And no, I went, but didn't you I call can't. the doctor? Well, I called the doctor first. Yes. And what and did he say? Him. He said he gave me some uh, test for vertigo, where you lay your head backwards, right? And tilt it to the side, left and left and right, and if you if it sort of uh, if it if, if it it made you more sick than it was a certain type of vertigo. Like it was crystals forming on the, the hairs of your inner ear. Right. It was Rocks not that. In your head. It, it was, was not. a viral it was just infection a, in my ear, ear infection. and I just couldn't That's walk terrifying. straight. It was the weirdest thing. And how long did it last? Two weeks. Two. So what yeah. do you do? Just well, it, it incrementally got better eat with each day. But it was, I, had a, I was shooting the show Dead to Me on Netflix and they right. had to stop shooting for two, two days. Two three days, yeah. Or they moved my stuff to later in the the week or the next week. Well, is it, did, were you bedridden? Uh sort of. Yeah, you're laying in bed with your eyes shut, just w- watching the you know your you, the room spin even with your eyes closed. It was just God, it was the terrifying. weirdest weirdest feeling. Terrifying. And of course, your mind goes to the worst places. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. The brain tumor. MRI. Yes. <laughs> you're like, I gotta get the best sure case my kids all the passwords tumor. to my stuff. <laughs> Here's my. <laughs> Safety so deposit give, box. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's over. Did you read about that woman who had didn't thought she had a brain tumor and it was really a tapeworm egg yes. in her yeah, brain? Yeah, I saw that. That yeah. would be the worst, worst case scenario. I kind of wish I had a brain tumor versus the tapeworm <laughs> egg all of that, right? in the head. Or there was the guy with the runny nose that never would stop running and it turned out it was brain fluid. He had a oh. hole between his his brain and his sinuses. So you're so you you've got this for two days. Eventually, it gets good enough, and you're you're well enough so you can go shoot again. Yeah, wow. And if, as long as you don't make any like sudden movements, it was the most bizarre thing. And of course, I felt terrible. I couldn't do this because this is something I would have done for free, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I just mm-hmm. you know, I'm a I'm an enthusiast and. 
I called the guy and I said, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what's going on with me, but I can't. I should not be driving a car right, right. onto a stage that's, you know, <laughs> bookended by lots of people. And, and he said, he just thought I was joking. Like, right, you know, right. I said, I-, I can call some of my actor friends and, mm-hmm. and you. And I'm like, who, who would, who could do this? Who would like know their shit, know what they're talking about? Right, right. Um, who and, ended up uh, doing it? Army Hammer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, Army, I, like, bless him. Like save my ass. And is he a Porsche guy? Um, I, he's famous. I think he's a car enthusiast. I'm yeah, not sure yeah. if it's Porsche specific, but they were, you know, they signed off on him or whatever. Like it had to go through the channels. And, wow, that's um, unbelievable. But story. Uh, save my ass. He got there a couple of hours early and kind of said, just sort of <clears throat> you know, memorized my answers to the questions. And and, and uh, just a, a round of antibiotics just fix that time it wasn't even antibiotics it was like he said it was viral so it's not something that you can take antibiotics for there wasn't like a secondary infection wow so i just the most bizarre. and I've still never... to this day i have ringing in my ear mm-hmm. really then, tinnitus yeah and i'm like wow. oh this is forever now this is going to be <laughs> in my ears forever they can see how people <clears> yeah, are driven are driven mad by this no there's, there's <clears> no way you just got to make friends with it and eventually get, yeah. eventually though it does as you get it's the loss of hearing in the upper ranges as we get older. This is why, like, kids can hear noises in classrooms that teachers can't. They can set their phone up really high noises. And if you're lucky, as you lose that upper hearing register, you get the ringing. It's replaced with ringing. Really? I got it. But now I'm used to it. It's just a friend. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's the only option, right? Yes. You have to live. There's no Otherwise, other option. We'll go mad. <laughs> yes. So Let's you didn't come car. through on your end, but you still got <laughs> the allocation? <laughs> My plan worked. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, they were kind enough to, but they felt bad for me. It's one of those things you tell people, and they, you know that feeling where you're telling somebody something, and it, you can just sense them going, you're lying. Right? Really? You, you know what I mean? We like mm. I had vertigo. They're like, <clears throat> really? I think most people would believe you, but you don't believe yourself. Well, no, I just told, uh, yeah, I know he doesn't. You know, yeah. it's that phenomenon where you're yeah. like, I this sounds like <clears throat> I'm not telling the truth. So then you go like well, when you get stopped a, by a cop or something, right? Yeah. Yes. What is that? Like, it's such an odd, unexpected thing for a young, handsome guy to have. Right? He's not that young. He's just handsome, <laughs> and he's well-preserved. He told you he was born in 73. We I can know, all I'm be that kind. young. I'm being kind, Zuckerman. I'm being kind. That's what I do. I'm oh. a talk show host. Uh. How come you're not kind to me? <clears throat> well, let's talk about the G. Well, yeah, yeah. well you know why. Well, they <laughs> That's were, how they we were, bonded, being yes. mean to each other. <clears throat> they were kind enough to let me keep the allocation, which was very cool. Let, that's where you called me. I did. You said, knew... and everybody loves to get this call. I, 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 I'm going to be specking out a GT3 Touring. Can you help me? But do you Isn't love, that a great phone call? You do love to? Because I, I, I love it. I was like, you yes. must hear this all the time. No. <laughs> Not for <laughs> GT3, many GT3 Touring. How many people are calling about that? Yeah. Not a lot. This is all we want to do is talk about how to spec out cars because we have to do the same thing. Yeah. We're, you know, when it comes to us ordering a car, we're in the same spot. We, you know, you get this little blind spot and you start to worry and you need people, you need a sounding board. Yeah. Yeah. So I was well, very happy to help you well, out. You were very gracious to do it because I uh, uh, needed the guidance. And we were, you know, we were starting off with the basic stuff, Zuckerman. Are we going yeah. wings in PDK? Are we going touring? Are we going manual? Well, you can't do wings with a touring. Right? Oh, no. you know, like touring versus regular. Well, you GT3. started, you were like, should I just get a regular GT3? Right. Or because I have a couple touring? of friends who right. race and they were like, it's a, exactly. You, know, you, you need the downforce. We're like, yeah, I don't but know okay, if I need but the you're downforce. you're not racing, so then right. you're asking the wrong group of guys. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're say, prism. Who is it? What is it? Marco at the TLG? Yeah, Marco. He was like, if you're going to be a grizzly, or no, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. 
GT3s oh, need wings. That sounds so Marco. Marco, I love you, <laughs> but for you know, that's wrong advice for this gentleman. I think it's actually he was like it, it, even without the racing, it was like it just it balances the car out actually from a from a you know. Yeah, uh, aesthetic, I guess. I mean, there's no wrong answer. There's no really. wrong answer. It's right. really how you're going to use it. But you ended up, on, uh, you know, with a GT3 Touring, yeah. I think, in silver. Yeah, nice. GT3 silver. It was I, too we, late we, to do the PTS. <clears throat> that's so. all right. No, no, that nothing wrong matter. with that. <clears throat> I was, I was Too many people are doing it, by the way. Flam again. We, we saw. I know. I'm having a bad moment. We saw your car. It wasn't PCH you. PCH yesterday. Yesterday we saw a silver, silver Touring aluminum it wheels. Great. It looks mm. beautiful. Yeah, it was great, and that's I got what the you platinum ended up... wheels is the one thing. I that, think that's uh, a great idea. That was yeah. it. Yeah, it looks great. The yeah. yellow calipers and the, the so the you're happy. Ceramics. I'm thrilled with it. Oh, I'm good. Driven it, you know, 13 miles, but uh, it's one of the it's... greatest all around Porsches out there. It's, yeah. it, it's what every Porsche should be, in my opinion. Yeah, that's the car I... they should make for everyone. You think? Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, on that note, yeah, we're gonna take a break, and we'll be back with more James Marsden. <laughs> Well, if you know me, you know I love animals. And I love cats especially. Uh, I used to have a couple of cats that, that would scare me when I'd walk into a room. They'd be waiting for me. And I like that. You know what I don't like, though? Cleaning up after cats. Especially that litter box. Which is why Arm & Hammer created the new Cloud Control Litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It is 100% dust-free free of heavy perfumes, helps reduce airborne dander from scooping, so what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New Cloud Control Cat Litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you, man. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. Here we are back, Spike's Car Radio. I'm so happy you're happy with the GT3 Touring. I just dropped off the GT3 Touring for after the longest time, Zuckerman, yes. in your hangar. Are you yes. going to drive that thing now? Yes, I am. And, I've been uh, missing that car. And we were switching around cars. We have a lot of cars together with different guys. And, and one of our friends, Moise, was leaving with go to, to go to Europe, and he had the GT2 RS. <laughs> and we were trying to figure out how, well, I want to take that. I don't want it gone in his garage for two weeks. So I drove out his Mercedes yesterday. His what three, car was that? That's a 280 SC 3.5. It's a 1971, <clears throat> the last of the hand-built cabriolets right. of that era. Very valuable car very uh, connoisseurs love that and car. i and i went from the gt3 touring into that boat and boy what a culture shock that was but you dro- what i really appreciated was you drove it aggressively <laughs> and you and you got the most Quiet. out of it on sunset you know it with body roll and everything you were flogging it i was saying behind Quiet. you i don't give a fuck what he thinks i don't care <laughs> it was hard but you you were in your white GT2 RS, yes. and I didn't want to slow you down. And then, of course, all of the horrible slow left lane drivers that were on the road. Nobody's getting the message, by the way. Nobody's getting the message. Summertime on PCH, you think anybody gives a shit except for looking out their window at 20 miles an hour? No. Yeah, it was no. horrific. Is the GT3 the only uh, uh, sports car you have, or what do you drive? What do you daily? Uh, it, the, <laughs> the way my rationale, wor- my rationale worked was if I my, – my son just turned 18. And so I got to. Um, this is young. This is young with, or adult Jack, yes, right? Jack, you yes. have a Jack. I have a Jack. And we, uh, I, of course, as a parent, like I want a sensible car for him for his first car. So we got him a Honda Accord, new That's Honda great. Accord. Those are right? great. No, and in tandem with that, we we got this old um, Mazda Miata, ninety nine nice. Miata to trick it out, take it to Willow Springs, put a roll bar on it, put some coilovers on it, you know, upgrade the engine a little bit, and so we did all that. He then just drove that all the time. 
right? Yeah, he's got of a course. stick. I love yes, he's got the manual. Like he's 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 rev matching and doing all this stuff that I didn't learn to do till later. Yeah. In life. And so I, I said, like well, that's Jack. not dangerous. I mean, that's not safe to to be doing that every day. So I said, tell you what, I'll take your Honda Accord. That'll be my daily driver. I'll turn in my. I think I was leasing. I was leasing a BMW. And turn that in, I'll lease. I'll drive the Honda Accord to tote my kids around. Mm-hmm. And since I won't have a lease, I'll get the GT3. That'll, that'll, that'll my justification uh, for like being able to afford the GT3. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I literally am here in my son's Honda Accord. But I got him a Ford Focus. Uh, ST. ST. Yeah. Awesome. So he has the, the, the safety things. and the Will you let him drive the GT3? I did already, yeah. And you let him go out on his own? Yeah, I had seven or eight months. Not on his own. We went to out in the Santa Monica Mountains and drove Wow. Good for you. Good. What was his review? Once we got it out, I was like, this car's meant to be driven. Stop. Yeah. You know, it it was in a garage for Did he lose his mind when he drove it? Yeah, he was uh, was overly cautious, I think. So, but he was, uh, but I told him, I said, get it up to 7,000. Right. What's your ruling on that? Like when the car is new, you're not yeah. supposed to take no, it no, over. No, no, just six. drive it just like you hate it. But right they, from but the they start. dino these things yeah. right before they. There was an old no. There's a there was an old salesman uh, at Circle Porsche, Bert Olander, who used to sell cars to Steve McQueen, and he had the best advice: just drive it any way you want to drive it. Okay. Because Jerry is a Nazi about well, wrong word choice, but he will not go <laughs> over the break-in. Uh, the, he, loves he, he loves it. He loves to do it got, by the rules. And, and he's got 200 cars, and, and it so takes him 10 years to – hold on, Zuckerman. It takes him 10 years <laughs> to break in a car, right? And Bert – you know, Jerry and I used to go get these cars delivered together. we get, you know, two Boxsters, and I'd say break-in period, and Bert would go, ah, and wave, wave me off. He'd say, the only thing I don't want you to do is drive over the break-in limit at a sustained, uh, t- right. you know, for like 30 minutes on the highway up right. at 7,000 RPMs. If you're going to wow. blip it, go have fun. Yeah. Day one, go have fun. Don't worry about it. And I've always done that, and I've always been fun. Zuckerman? Mm-hmm. Agree. And the, the cars don't suffer from that no. at all? <clears throat> no. Right? No, no, not at all. Not right. these cars. <clears throat> Bert, no. you know, and I, and I think it's pretty sound advice. It's like just don't get on it for a sustained amount right. of time, right. you know, and stay at eight thousand RPMs. But that car goes to nine thousand, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take and it up there. It didn't there take and it, it there, but I will now. Do it. How does yeah. Jack go back to the Miata after that experience? <laughs> How can he I go mean, back yeah. and sit in that car and go, "Oh no, uh, yeah," because <clears throat> you've opened up a huge world to him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And which which was something that he because he was all about turbos, and you know he's. Trying to you know upgrade his ST and do all this kind of fun stuff to it. Wow! And, and I was telling him about a naturally aspirated engine. What's what's cool about that? And, yeah, I um, love that you can share something with your kid. The same yeah. with my son, who's eighteen. He likes to drive the cars. He can drive a stick. Yeah. He's into it, and I'm thrilled that he likes what I like. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, it? to be able to share that. Since he was young, he was into it. We bought a 1966. Corvette and a 67 Austin Healey BJ8 3000. Nice. Mark II, I think, if I remember. And we shared those when he was six, seven years old, and I had those for about five, six years, sold them. He could almost um, drive those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're teeny enough. Yeah. Oh, before that, we had the very first uh, vintage car we got when he was really young was a midget. Yeah. An MG, Uh-oh. which is like Jerry Land. Can, oh, <laughs> only drive that in a neighborhood. You know, we, uh, that's what Seinfeld just got. Right. What did yeah. he get? An MGB. Yes. Yeah. 
69? <clears throat> he wants to do a podcast, just him and I driving around in it for an hour. <laughs> he doesn't why, what, why is what he? the hell? Because oh, everybody's asking him to review the 934 that was at Luft, but he's like, here's what we're going to do. MGB. <laughs> because that was the car for him that he saw as a kid. When you see an MGB and you're, you know, 12 years old, you go, that's made for me. Yeah. And uh, I brought my son James down there uh, to the hangar with Jerry, and James sat in it. Jerry was like, let him drive it. And I go, he's nine, Jerry. He's nine. <laughs> but you could see his little eyes light up like, this is a little car made for me. They're yeah. really cool. Cool. He wants us to buy them now and become part of this uh, Brentwood MGB club, of which he's the only <laughs> member. You could join, James. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. You're already in. Do you still have and, that car? No, go, go pick one up, though. They're just, not expensive. No, they're not expensive. They don't work well. No, <laughs> the, elect- the electrical systems are not great. Is it Lucas? Is that one? Yes. All right, yeah, I want to okay. talk about uh, TV in, in a bit. But, I'll, but for, before that, Zuckerman and I need to know what it's like to be handsome. What's it like to be handsome? Because <laughs> we're uh, not those guys. What something we'll like never know. Up with your face. Oh, it's an albatross. <laughs> is it is, horrible? It is. If only people knew that what I deal with on a day-to-day basis. My um, guess is you I could don't... fall out of bed with uh, with vertigo and still keep the girlfriend. <laughs> She's still going to go, <clears throat> no problem, <laughs> yeah. as long as it's not your face. <laughs> we can skip therapy. <laughs> we can skip that. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, you know, I don't think about it. I guess uh, growing up in Oklahoma as a guy who was not looked at as that guy. Uh, so really, so in high school, in no, you weren't the handsome guy in high school. Who were you in high school? Uh, I was the guy about half the size of the uh, corn-fed football players mm-hmm. uh, who was, um, you know, who was uh, Hugo Peabody and Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I was. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So you were always worried about getting beat up. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Like. Did you, uh, did you have girlfriends in high school? I did. I had a very, um, uh, benevolent, uh, <laughs> what, is, what very, does that mean? I'm well, just like, she felt bad for me and <laughs> was oh, charitable. Come on. Is that true? <laughs> charitable with her time. <laughs> um, what no, was your name? Tracy Willie. Tracy, ah, Tracy, Tracy Willie. That's a great woman. name. These high school right. girlfriend names from are the 80s, always right? great, that, right? Tracy Willie. That name only existed in the 80s. Yes. Right? yes. yes. Like it. No one's named Tracy Willie anymore. No, no, but it breaks I, the Tracy. Y rules for first and last name, first and foremost. <laughs> yeah. E, Willie, Tracy yeah. Willie. Tracy Willie and I got, got caught doing not very nefarious things. In my 1986 Firebird. Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, great car very... for doing bad things. <laughs> Playing just... hot hand. <laughs> it was wow. Red T top 86 Firebird, and a police officer came out. We were just, you know, necking, as they used to say. So, so you blast, so you're in Oklahoma, just trying yeah. to follow this. You're out of high school, right? And what is this Kirk Cameron story? You're in Hawaii, and he d- he tells you you need to act, or you wanted to be an actor, and Kirk Cameron comes in and says, I'm going to hook it up. It wasn't even him. It was his sister, Candace, and his other sisters were at a hotel in Hawaii that I was staying at, and we were sitting by the pool. How old are you? Got to be I was 16 years old. You're 16. 16. So you're sitting by the pool. You're 16 years old. Yeah, I knew who old. she was. I knew who that family was. Oh, you and did? We got to be friends and hung out that whole trip, and I said, let's keep in touch, and um, you know, at the time I was like doing, I was just doing uh, SNL sketches and voices and, you know, funny mm-hmm. a- accents and things like that. And like, they were like, you're amusing <laughs> and kind of cute. <clears throat> um, ah, the handsome sucker. Yeah, right that's there. when I started to come into myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> How many so, times have someone said that to you, Zuckerman? You're amusing and handsome. <laughs> it's yet to happen. No, never. Me too. Yeah. Never. You're loud. Yes. You're uh, a big yeah. presence. <laughs> You're loud, but amusing. You're yes. annoying me. Yes, basically. You're mean. Yes. Go away. Yeah. Stop looking at me. You're very aggressive. <laughs> You're scaring people. <laughs> See, that's the difference. Yeah. So they so so we're still, you live in Oklahoma, so Kirk Cameron's sister says, I, let's hang out. You're 16. It doesn't even make sense no. to me what's happening right so now. So accidental. I it's love a, this. And man. so when do you, you, when do you, where do they live, L.A.? L.A., yeah, and, and I go back to Oklahoma, and I'm I kind of feeling like I'm cock of the walk, like I know famous people. And right. We kept in touch, and a couple of years later, I was like, I'm moving out. I'm actually going to do this and take you up on it. And by then, they've <laughs> lost my number. I'm like, Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so it's sixteen, that young. Yeah. Uh, no, I moved out at nineteen. So, at nineteen. Yeah, but I wow. I met them when I was sixteen. I see. Over the course of the next couple of years, I uh, um actually a couple of months after I saw them in Hawaii, they did invite me out to stay with them. So I went out and met Kurt. Went to taping of Growing Pains. Right. A taping which you see a young Leonardo DiCaprio in. Oh, wow. Like it was uh, that was funny. To, reminding myself that he was there. Um, and Kirk was just bought a brand new. I'm trying to make this car. Uh, really, no, you don't have to. No, but I know. But uh, but tell I, me what he drove. Thing I'm that curious. comes into my mind. He was in. I was. <clears> a, <throat> it was a '91 Supra. Nice. He got he the, had it a new. 200 yeah. horsepower. Red. Yeah. 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 Was it red? It was like burgundy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, Kirk Cameron. Kirk yeah. Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> and um, went to taping of Full House and Growing <clears throat> Pains, and I was like, "Well, this is what, it's I, fun, what right? I would love to do." Yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah. how does that work? Everybody would love to do that. Yeah, I went back home. I was like, this isn't realistic. In Oklahoma, it was like, well, that's not real. Right. You know, that's not a real occupation. So you pack up. So I pack up after a year and a half of college, of like getting the college experience. Right. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to give this a shot. Now. What were you going to study at college? Um, uh, <laughs> journalism broadcasting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Because when I was 16, I was cast as a local news anchor. On Good Morning Oklahoma, and it was like a publicity stunt that they, not, they would they went around to drama classes around Oklahoma and cast a guy and a girl like uh-huh. news a, a news anchor to deliver about two minutes of you know not very interesting right. educational news at the end of the hour. So every morning I would wake up at four thirty and drive my Firebird to to Channel Five in Oklahoma and deliver two minutes. No of kidding, news. Yeah. and it just got in your blood. Yeah, got so and the, the, the you wanted... yeah, and they gave me a, a scholarship for. That was the, wow. the payment, I guess. Again, so handsome was, guys. Look at this. Just fell in his lap. Did you remember when he the local... put his <laughs> hand out. He put his hand out and a bag of money and his fame and fortune. And me and you. Yeah, Do you remember when the local news called you up, Zuckerman, and said, look, we'd like to... I was, we'd I was like working you on our news at hour. the Panda Chinese restaurant <laughs> scrubbing dishes and getting yelled at by Chef Tong while he's going to news with, with Kirk Cameron, yes. and I'm just a loser getting cigarette money. <laughs> That's right. I remember when my dad said he put his hand out. He said, go work at the supermarket. And I was the bag boy getting yelled at by old ladies. The Marsden over here. Yes, at Marsden. the end of every episode. He, he met Swiggins at the club, and they went off to fame and fortune, and Ferris and Zuckerman were washing dishes and bagging groceries. <laughs> and by the way, I 
I think I was just in Hawaii for the first time this fall. <laughs> That's the first time I've been to Hawaii. Yes, it all goes down like that for the handsome. I don't relate. For the guys. handsome guy. I don't guy. relate. I think the only famous guy I had met growing up was Major Mud. <laughs> I'm not even sure I met him in, in person. I might have just met him on TV. And Rex Trailer, these local news, these local Boston Cowboys shows that were on. The only famous people in my neighborhood <clears throat> on Long Island had vowels in their last names and were going to prison for two or three or four <laughs> years. Those were the notables in my neighborhood. So wait, you go to L.A., right? Yeah. What is that? What are you holding up break. a sign? We need another break. But then are we done? We have to say goodnight? No, no. We can come back. And we can we'll come stay back? with James. Yeah. All right. Because our third break will be before the true All crime right. guys. Totally misunderstanding my own show. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with more James Marston being handsome. Think of all the weird things you find in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety, petrified French fries or melted crayons. I'm not talking about Moise's groceries in the front boot of my GT2 RS. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about folks. Actually, Moise's groceries made me wonder about him. Weird vegetables I'd never seen before. Another thing that will make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, and Ford GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs and VWs. Now, Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's the OE technology series. Belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has an OE Technology Series multi-V belt for 98% of vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises when you work on cars and trucks. A belt should not be one of them. Go to the Continental OE Technology Series multi-V belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit OETechnologySeries.com. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. And we're back. Look at that break, how fast it was. I want to get back into this because I'm fascinated. I really am fascinated, and Zuckerman is too. We love the the origin story of people. Like, for real, you're moving to a new city. You don't really know anyone, right? You've met a couple of celebrities. Yeah. You want to be an actor. You don't have a lot of money. How, how does it work? All what, on hope how do you and do it? Yeah. Like Jay Leno, when he came on, I think he came on the podcast early on and told me, he was, you know, he landed in L.A. and went right to the comedy store and was like sleeping in the in the back parking lot until he could get an apartment for a couple of days. You know, there's a lot of logistical you know, issues with this. What was you, what is your story? How did you do it? People just started giving me jobs. It was weird. <laughs> I just, I just Boy, showed, handsome guy. Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what it was. My face. <laughs> I had someone this. handed me a mirror, and I was like, what? Here's what I did. I had a black piece of felt over my face, and I would lift it up. <laughs> People would look at it Go, and give uh-huh. me whatever I wanted. <laughs> uh, now, now I'm going to tell you, and yes, it's going to be a kind of a version of that. Okay, let's yeah, hear it. Come us. on. We want to know That's how good. We're living vicariously through you. <laughs> I made a deal with my father. I said, I will um, support mm-hmm. you financially for a year, um, and you can focus on this. Fantastic. If it doesn't work out, mm-hmm. you come back and finish your degree and get a real job. Yeah. Uh, he didn't say that, but it was that. It was That's like, I a believe very, you can do this. Very common deal. Yeah. I had, uh, he had, had a friend that had moved out from Oklahoma and became a successful casting director. The guy said, yeah, I'll, I'll introduce him to a manager. Wow. Guy, the guy was legit, sent me out on four auditions a day <clears> and, or general meetings, you know, and then- I, you know, I was just young and sort of dumb enough to like be. What's o- the first big part? 
the uh, two lines on the pilot episode of The Nanny with Fran Drescher. Ah, uh, wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's your Leo DiCaprio moment there, yeah. right there. Yeah, right? Wow. Yeah, same similar paths, right? <laughs> 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 similar trajectory, similar well, you outcome. Well, you are on that path, and then from there, you're just uh, you're a working actor. Yeah, then it way. was, uh, I got offered to test on Days of Our Lives, which was, you know, how the testing thing works. Mm-hmm. It's like, we, you sign the contracts, and then we have the choice to either hire you or not. So you're right. signing the three-year contract. Mm-hmm. And the, my manager said, let's not do that. You're getting good responses from other people. Let's just curate kind of what we're going to be doing. My father was like, he's getting offered to do this within two months of being in L.A. Yeah. And we're saying no to work. And not only that, like to, <laughs> you know, Money. Contract. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you know, you don't see three year contracts of like guaranteed right, work right, in right. acting. Yeah. Know, in, in Hollywood, whatever. No, you get so excited father, about that in the beginning. Yeah. Toward the dad, end, you get very unexcited about right, it. Right. No, right. I can't no, do no, anything no, else. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But no. in the beginning, it's like, God, yeah, I can now, work. yeah, I'm guaranteed work. Right. I don't have to, you know, I should be working at Dairy Queen. Right. In right. Oklahoma, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but uh, just ask Tracy Willie. Or <laughs> Tracy, she didn't. We love Tracy Willie. Tracy Willie. Um, so that's how it happened, and it was like you know, being selective story. about what you do next uh, with the limited opportunities. It was a guest star on Saved by the Bell mm-hmm. and Party of Five, and now uh, one of my favorite shows, Westworld. Oh. The star of Westworld. You play Teddy Flood. We've got season three coming up in 2020, and uh, we're going to hear. Everything about season three and how it ends right now, James. Well, how to. does season three of Westworld end? <laughs> I don't I'm joking. Know. I, you're fantastic on it, right? You Thank play you. the robot gunslinger who yeah. is brought back to life over and over again. Yes, he's. I've gotten good at dying. Good at dying. Yeah. At the end of season two, where did we? Where did we leave you? Dead. Dead, right? <laughs> quite, quite permanently dead. So be, can you even say if you're people. in season three or not? I can say that I'm not. You're not yeah. in season three. Yes. So you will not be returning in any way. No. Wow. Well, that's disappointing news well, for my wife. You know what? I saw, I, saw, I saw Will Ferrell at the premiere for Dead to Me, the Netflix show. That I did. Mm-hmm. And he goes, are you... Uh, are you coming back on the on the first season? I go no, and he goes good, <laughs> good. <laughs> that's good. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm gonna remember. That's how I'm gonna react when people <clears throat> tell me. Bad well, because news. if you come back too many times, then we're not gonna care when you die anymore uh, right. in the show. Right, right. It's crying wolf too many times. Right, but my I got my wife to watch both seasons because of you. Oh, He's wow. like, I like that guy. Who's that guy? <laughs> who's the face? <laughs> who's the, whose face is that? I go, that's James Marsden. <laughs> Well, that's goes, you know what he likes? Work. He likes watches and cars. Because I don't care about that. <laughs> I want you to introduce me to him. <laughs> Handsome guys. Yes, gonna, again. Yeah, she's again. never said that about never, you. Never, never. Like, she doesn't I'll even tell, let me in the house. I tell I her a Zuckerman story, and she'll go, "Stop doing the Zuckerman voice, please." <laughs> <laughs> but this morning, when I said I'm interviewing James Marsden, she went, "Oh my God, say hi for me." Right. <laughs> She loves you, Zuckerman. You know she does. Mm. She just doesn't want to look at you. Yeah. Well, um, let me in the house. So let's hear about the new show then. The new show is Dead to Me. The yes. re- the, already the reviews have been amazing for it. The word of mouth on Twitter is amazing yeah. for it. Another big project for you. You're surging right now. Surging. Um, um, for those who haven't seen it, tell us about it. Uh, so it's a half hour uh, tromedy, is what mm-hmm. they're calling it. Mm. Right? With Christina Applegate, with Christina who we Applegate. love. 
Linda Cardellini, fantastic. Liz Feldman, writer, producer. Mm -hmm. uh, about two women who are very different, going through their own versions of grief and um, going to grief counseling. And Both their uh, husbands died. Right. Yes. Hence a dramedy, yes. tragic comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, little. Mm. Um, and uh, they become unlikely friends through this as they try to solve the murder of Christina Applegate's husband. <laughs> and um, are you a dead guy or a living guy? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> a living guy. <laughs> I figured now you can, you know, with Netflix, you can binge these things. So right. I'm right. Like, is it? A, can I talk about how the season ends now? You probably you don't, probably want, to don't do want to, right. just as a spoiler. You right. don't want to do it just for, for the fans so, of the show. At a certain point, you're like, there. you know, like Westworld. Like, you right. Know, you've had time to see that, you know, Teddy doesn't make it. How, does it, how does it work with any of these shows? Like, they're, they're only 10 episodes a season, right? Yeah. Do they, do they stop you from doing any other series? Does that preclude you? Because in the old days, you know, you're doing 22 episodes, right. 26 eps. They're yeah. like, we own you. We own your ass. Yeah. For, during the first couple of years of Westworld, it was, you know. You couldn't do really any of it. To, yeah. And you didn't really, there wasn't a strong desire to because you were on a really special show and it, it was taking up half your, it was half your year. So I would go out, find films to do. And, and, and where, where was Westworld World shot? Here in L.A. Here in L.A. Oh, uh, Santa Clarita. Did you sign that disclaimer that said, I will agree to be naked all over the place? Yeah. That, yes. Yeah. What, what is certain... Uh, tell, <laughs> Zuckerman's a lawyer. Yeah. T tell us some of the language in that disclaimer. <laughs> what was it exactly saying? Uh, I didn't read it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very lawyer-like. <laughs> it's like him. Uh, yes. I, I'm I, such an exhibitionist. Yeah. I'm like, Sure. Yeah. I remember it made news because it was so over the top. Yeah, I remember specifically what you're talking about because with the uh, the background players were yeah asked to do and um, I mean I, I don't know the specifics of that, but it was they were trying to be very upfront about what they were going to be asked to do. Mm -hmm. Right, that we need nude extras or background players to come and simulate certain things, mm -hmm. and you are you're either signing off on being okay with that or not, and you know they're. I will say that that's a topic that they, that Jonah Nolan and Lisa Joy are very sensitive to on the show, and so I, it was. I think it kind of unfairly got a little too much traction. So there, <clears throat> it sounds like they're just making sure everybody feels comfortable. Yeah, exactly. On but, set but and they they're worried yeah, about. Yeah, but the show has to go to these places, right? right? It does. Like it, you know, because this is, you know, the theme park where you can go and live out your you know most perverted dreams. And, <laughs> you know, uh, so here's you, what you I want to see that. <clears throat> I always wondered. Why don't the clients worry about like because everything's being videotaped, right? So you're you're indulging your most perverted scenes, but at the same time, there's a control room with right. a bunch of people I'm not sure that watching. They're aware you. of it though. <laughs> maybe that's maybe they're not aware of that. But everything's going in through the eyes of the robot, right? Right, right. Zuckerman, would that bother you? You want to live out your perverted fantasy yet? At this point in my life, if you're asking 54-year-old Zuckerman, I don't give a shit. I've got no shame anymore. If you were asking a young Zuckerman, it would be very different. So you would just go and do that? At this point in my life, yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. I mean, if anybody wants to look at my disgusting body naked, have at it. Okay? <laughs> so you'd sign the disclaimers? Yeah. You would do everything? Yeah. Would you do a nude scene in Westworld if I could get you in there? Why? Why not, Ferris? And everybody could see. I could be, uh, yes. Uh, why not? See me thumping along. See me okay. hulking my hulking boulder-like body. <laughs> there are two 
big masses of listeners. New York and Los Angeles is our biggest market. And if any of you are casting directors and you have a nude scene or a nude background scene, Mr. Zuckerman is happy happy to do it to help promote Spike's Car Radio. And we'd all we'd all love to see it. Oh no, love. you wouldn't. <laughs> You would not. <laughs> Just promise me you'll leave the black socks on. <laughs> That's what I would like to see. That would be delightful. So you think it's an age thing, not worrying about seeing, being naked. The yes. Greeks, the, I've noticed, the Greeks have no shame when you're in Greece. They, the old men. Or, As you've or, said I, before, they like to just—they don't care. They let cares. it all hang out. I went to the—I was in Hungary and Budapest, and I went to some of these you know, hot spring baths, and people there just don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and they do not care. It's horrible. <laughs> but are they of a certain—what's the median age there? They're all like 50. <laughs> and they give you a towel to wrap around you when it's so small you have to choose front to back. <clears throat> and so that was the only thing I thought was interesting. <laughs> who's a front and who's a back? <laughs> and where, there have to be more backs than fronts, right? I was a back because I didn't want to sit on the gross, uh, like, step in the water with oh, my wow. bare ass. But, so uh, you let your junk hang out. Yeah. yeah. No, that's horrifying. And that's something I want to repeat. <laughs> I went there. I saw the famous baths in, in Budapest. Okay, Don, Check. checked it off. All right, so yeah. Dead to Me is out right yeah. now. We can all watch that yes. on Netflix. Binge it. Yeah. And then what's next for James Marsden? Where do you go this summer? What do you do? I am... Uh, Weren't you just in Budapest or something? I was in Bucharest. Bucharest. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. Close. So, wasn't, Close. That, wasn't that yesterday? You uh, posted something on was, Instagram yesterday. Yeah, it was a delayed post. It was a delayed post. No, okay. I, I get weird about like. Yeah. Here I, here's where I am right now. I know. You're smart. You're no, absolutely smart to do that. No, no, no. no, no, no. A friend of now. ours just got knocked off. Yeah. Well, Same yeah. thing. A- announcing yeah. where he was. There yeah. I, like I am. The whole family's with me. Yeah. Going yeah. live. No. Our security people have told us the same thing. Right. Don't stop doing that. Right. Stop, yes. uh, you know, do exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were they were robbing Dodgers because they were have away games. I mean, <laughs> they could look at their schedule and they were, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah. 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 You gotta, I mean, you don't think it's going to be you, but it's going to be you. It's going to so. be you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Bucharest was what? Yeah. That was, uh, I was doing a, a thing with IWC, actually. Uh, oh, watch thing. Yeah. Wow. Watch, look at that. Watch thing. Um, <clears throat> are you wearing an IWC you, right that's now? That's a beautiful watch I'm looking right. at. What, what is yeah. it? It is a uh, Ingenieur chronograph. Wow. Ingenieur. In-house movement. This is one of the ones that you can do on the configurator online where they asked me to create the first one. Oh, wow. So, little little bit of IWC trivia. There. I don't recall getting that phone call and asking me to create one. Did you, Zuckerman? Did of course that happen? I'm not good looking. <laughs> I'm not good looking. I might get called to create a garbage <clears throat> And how much did they charge you for that watch? I charge me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What does that mean? <laughs> Just fell in my hand. All, like I, had, fruit. all I had to do fruit. is lift the felt halfway. They just looked at my beautiful nose and mouth <laughs> and they gave me and the, watch. the watch. And then I lowered the face felt. Enough. You've nice had enough. Belt. If you want to see more, bring me more. Six more watches. <laughs> that that well, look at you. It's easy for everyone, isn't it? You are living the dream, my friend. Thank you. Yes. Getting ready to go do a, uh, a limited series with Kate Blanchett, actually. Oh, wow. Really? Next week for a fact. Send her my warmest regards. I will. <laughs> <laughs> she, of course, knows Zuckerman, the ugliest man she's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> now, Zuckerman, <laughs> Zuckerman, you don't really believe. Now, when we were 
at Seinfeld's birthday party, and we were sitting next to Howard Stern and uh, Bradley Cooper, right? And you said uh, his girlfriend there, Irina, what's her name? Irina Shake. Right. Irina Shanker? What is it? Shake. He turns, Zuckerman turns to me, and she goes, she likes me. I said, she's looking at <laughs> and me. I, and I she's, <laughs> looking at, she's looking at Bradley. She's looking at me, and she said, I need a Los Angeles personal injury lawyer <laughs> in my life. And I laughed at him, and I said, you're delusional. <laughs> you're, really gonna, you're really delusional. But now they've broken up. They I know. broke up yeah. this she past She took one weekend. look at me, schmuck. <laughs> one look at me and said, that's what I need. So do you, are you going to make a move? You got her number? <laughs> <laughs> She'll find you. Head. She'll find you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought about you when I saw that, Zuckerman. I go, my God, Zuckerman may have something. But I can always tell, Ferris. So the point is, I can tell. You can tell. I know what's going on. I can recognize <laughs> patterns of behavior. See, you had to develop that sense. Because I ha- you don't yes. have his face. I guess I need to develop my, like a blind person. <laughs> I have better sense of hearing and touch. So, yes, I have to develop my other senses because I just don't have the Marsden face. The Marsden face. The Marsden face. Which wow. is, I have a which, mutant <laughs> face. <laughs> which we're, we're wasting on this, right? Yes. It's a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. No, we'll take well, a picture. my voice? <laughs> We're going to call this episode The Marsden Face. The Marsden Face. Hashtag Marsden Face. The face of Marsden. Now, if I only had the Marsden Face. (laughs) Well, uh, James. Yeah. We've talked a lot today. We've had a good time. This has been a lot of fun. We appreciate a big shot like you coming in here to Spikes Car Radio and saying hi to the SCR audience. Um, I know they're going to love you because you're one of us. Um, You also have that, uh, you're just a down to earth humble guy looking for answers like the rest of us. You're just mm. at a different spot on the watch and car timeline. But quickly we'll zoom past face. us. And you've face. got the face that the face. gets you there. Um, uh, best of luck hey, with Dead to You, you. and you. Uh, everything else that comes along. Thank you. And we'll be right back with the hosts of 22 Hours, an American Nightmare. We're going to talk about murder, Zuckerman. One of my favorite subjects. Let me tell you something. Did you know most people have no idea whether or not the motor oil they're using is good enough to protect their engine? Everybody's driving around not even caring about what's going on under the hood. Only one brand literally goes the extra mile to test everything, including ensuring they're the right motor oil for your car. And I'm talking about Valvoline. That's right, Valvoline is the only motor oil brand in the world with an engine lab completely dedicated to testing motor oil. Valvoline takes their products and their competitors, I might add, and runs them through the gauntlet. I'm talking thousands of miles. Then the engineers and technicians take those engines apart to evaluate exactly what happened. Please don't try this at home. Trust that Valvoline has done it for you. Was there carbon buildup? How did the seals hold up? Did the engine perform like it was supposed to? And most importantly, were the critical engine components protected? You don't know, but Valvoline does. So when Valvoline is formulating motor oil for your engine, they know exactly how it performs and what protects it best, because they've seen the results firsthand. It's why I trust Valvoline in my car, and it's why Valvoline has been trusted for more than 150 years. Head over to Valvoline.com slash spike to see what product is right for your engine. That's Valvoline.com slash spike. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, now we have some fellow uh, Podcast One uh, rookies, right? You guys are just starting out. We have Megan Clority and Jack Moore. They have a new podcast, a fascinating look at murder. 
Uh, it's called 22 Hours, an American Nightmare, and it was uh, created by the news station WTOP, which I believe is in Washington, isn't it? It is. Thanks for having us on, Spike. We appreciate it. No, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. I, I love true crime. I love this whole category of entertainment. Um, tell us tell us about this uh, uh, project and this podcast. You're doing 20. Is it 22 separate episodes about a murder? Is that how it works? So it'll actually probably end up being about 10 episodes, um, but the the title comes from from the crime itself. So back in 2015, um, a wealthy D.C. businessman, his wife, his 10-year-old son, and the family's housekeeper were taken hostage inside their home, held for 22 hours, um, and then brutally killed. And the first inkling we had uh, of this horrible crime was firefighters arriving to the house, the family's lavish home in a wealthy enclave of D.C., which had been set ablaze. Um, They go to the house for the report of a fire, and that's when they make this gruesome discovery inside. And that was four years ago. And um, a suspect was quickly found, um, but then he didn't go on trial for, for three years. Um, and when he finally did, we learned a lot during the trial, which Megan and I both covered, um, and also still some remaining questions. So we decided, why not do a podcast? Jeez. All right. Now, I think we're talking about the D.C. mansion murders, right? I yeah, remember. we are. Yeah, it kind of it kind of hit everywhere on national news initially when this happened in May 2015. And then as the news cycle is, you know, things kind of died down and then it, it kind of came back to attention in uh, around the trial. But we actually didn't really know we were going to do a podcast. We just decided, you know, we should record our conversations while we were covering the trial just for, you know, posterity, mostly just to make sure he had the right spellings of names and just everything was so crazy. And it ended up being almost like an audio diary. Um, and then we learned so much during the trial. It was like, you know, there's so many details here we haven't reported. So uh, it's really like, a, you know, we question sort of the details that came out. You hear our grappling with them and, and really the listener kind of comes along with us as we figure it out. And how do you how do you break up a story like that into separate episodes? Like, you know, I'm guessing this guy has already been tried and we know if he's innocent or guilty. Like, how, how are you approaching the 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 murder? Is it is it a mystery? Are we listening to the end to find out? I mean, what what are you bringing to this? Well, we wanted to we want to be kind of the phrase that we have been using is this isn't a who done it because we we know who did it. He was convicted and, and sentenced. Um, but it's really more of a how and a why. And, you know, because because this terrifying ordeal took place over the span of 22 hours, we try to examine what exactly was going on. There is some evidence, you know, while the family was being held, they were making calls to the outside world, um, a number of different phone calls. Uh, um and nobody really seemed to know what was going on. But that but that helps to kind of um, pinpoint the timeline around when certain things were happening. So we try – I think overall the what we try to do with telling the story is, is um, try to describe these people in more detail than we really could, you know, in a regular kind of news story and really let them, the kind of the people, drive the story. Wow, that's it's terrifying. At some point, somebody ordered a Domino's pizza, didn't they? Yeah, the killer ordered a Domino's pizza. Oh, Actually, the, the, the phone call came from one of the people who was being held hostage. <laughs> we have a number of voicemails. I mean, there's it's very chilling. They were basically held against their will, obviously, but were making calls out to the outside world, to family members, people who knew them, um, like random maintenance people to Domino's pizza, um, and no one on the other end of those calls had any idea that anything was going wrong. But eventually... That pizza was found inside the burning house, and it was a piece of pizza crust. They found the killer's DNA 
on the pizza crust. Spike, wow. I wanted to tell you too, part of the motive in this case has to do with cars. And um, how, how so? Darren Went, the the convicted killer, in days before the the uh, the killings, was looking up like luxury car brands on his phone. It was part of his cell phone activity, which is sort of odd. And then it turns out that the family, the Savopolis family, who three of them were held and, and killed inside their house, had a Mosler inside the the garage, and that's where forty thousand dollars in ransom was dropped off inside in the driver's seat of the Mosler. Um, one of the victims' Porsche was was stolen and burned. Um, there was also the the child who was involved in this case was obsessed with racing and wanted to be a Formula One car uh, racer. So they were really into into that scene. So it's interesting. You know, we never really thought about it until we came on <laughs> your podcast. But I was like, oh, there's a lot of cars in this thing. You know, all roads lead to cars, even True. murder. <laughs> we're learning today. Well, it sounds it sounds really fascinating. Again, it's a uh, new true crime uh, podcast here on Podcast One. It's called 22 Hours, An American Nightmare. And um, obviously, uh, you've researched this from all angles, and uh, you sound uh, sounds very entertaining. And, you know, personally, scared the hell out of me when I <laughs> listened to what you guys were up to. Because, I mean, is there anything more invasive than someone coming into your home and doing something like that? Uh, really terrifying. Well, anyway, Megan, Jack, uh, I wish you the best of luck with your project. I will be listening. The first episode is up right now on the Podcast One Network. It's called 22 Hours, an American Nightmare. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Quick before we go, 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer with your car from True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or at home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together, the two of you. You can even hug if you want. You can ask questions, get the answers you need so there's no surprises, and simply leave your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a new, better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Easy 911. A brutal murder that took place in Washington, D.C. To do what he did to four people, including a 10-year-old boy, is just beyond words. A family and their housekeeper held hostage and tortured for 19 hours before their mansion was set on fire with them inside. It's just hard to imagine that such a nice family could be the victim of something so depraved. In WTOP's 22 Hours, An American Nightmare, you'll be shocked by the new details of this heinous crime, and you won't believe how investigators brought the killer to justice. He did not act alone. Mark my words. Download 22 Hours, An American Nightmare, with new episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. 
Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit.